You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. Well, um, obviously things are a little bit somber lately based on um, what happened out in Kansas City. Supposed to do a uh, live stream with Matt Ramage that ended up getting canceled just because it just didn't feel like the right thing to do. Did find out that one person did pass away from that. And uh, upon preliminary uh, information that's come out, it sounded like my instincts on that were correct. Bunch of freaking morons who got into an argument and decided that rather than just be a man and first of all, either walk away and shut your mouth, um, handle it like a man in you know, some kind of a way, they figured they'd just all pull guns on each other and start firing blindly into a crowd and just shoot a bunch of children and a uh, bunch of other people. So apparently that's a thing. But I thought, um, and I don't know how long this will take, probably not very long, but I thought it would be kind of fun. Maybe not, maybe it's stupid. It's fine. Long off season, I'm allowed to have a bad day. I figure since I'm talking so much about uh, AI, what if we did an AI day? Still Packers, don't worry, relax. But what if we let the robot do some stuff? And so one of the things that I was trying to do, I think it was last year during the draft that it really just couldn't handle that now it can because things are just getting better is the ability for the robot to do mock drafts. Now, this is brand spanking new to me. I haven't really played with it very much since last year, at least on this specific thing. So I'm not sure how far I can push this. But at the very least, I can put in a ton of data. For example, here is the current big board. Here are the Green Bay Packers needs. Here is when the Green Bay Packers pick and go. But how much fun would it actually be to just do that and just have it run We've we've got uh, we got some backstory we got to give this thing, you know. So I'm trying to slowly build this thing out over time and ask it more questions and try to figure out ways to sort of rephrase this. And so I've kind of gone through several different iterations. And so, for example, when you have a question like, "Well, what about need?" The answer to the question, at least in terms of the exercise we're doing, is I don't know. Ask the AI. So what I did is I gathered as much information as I possibly could relevant information that it would need to be able to determine need. And I went from there. So for example, I have every single player on the Green Bay Packers from 2023, their position, their PFF grade, the year they were drafted and the round they were drafted. Then I gave it all of the financial information, how much everybody costs, their salary cap hits, et cetera, et cetera. And then I gave it the 2024 free agency list. And I said, okay, give me a breakdown of the needs from your perspective at each position. Here's what it came up with. Quarterback, it says, with players like Jordan Love, who have a high grade and was a first-round pick, the team seemed invested at starting quarterback. Depth may be a concern, blah, blah, blah. Wide receiver, 
A decent spread of draft investment and high and undrafted uh, and grades ranging from NA to 83.4 suggest varied depth. High grades and recent draft picks indicate a good level of talent, possibly reducing the immediate need. At halfback, it says there are players with strong grades and early round draft picks. It seems like this team is set for starters and depth. Now, I could have taken this a step further, and maybe I will, in terms of providing additional context, such as, you know, I don't know, Aaron Jones sticking around, whatever. But I thought, let's just step back, let the robot do its thing. If the whole exercise is to get it to come to the same conclusions I've come to, then what's the point? Tight end. A few middle round picks and moderate grades with one NA, meaning he didn't play. There might be a need for a high impact player at tight end unless one of the current players steps up. Now, it's another one where I look at it and go, well, you know, down the stretch, they got better and there's expectation. I'll just let it go. Offensive line. The grades vary. Some positions showing lower performance. There might be a need for investment in the guard position due to lower grades and possibly at center for depth. Cornerback. A mix of grades and a couple of recent undrafted players suggest potential for improvement. There may be a need for an additional high-quality cornerback given the moderate grades. I mean, look, so far, we're kind of on point here, I think. With a couple, you know, eh, I don't know about that. But to be fair, you probably say that listening to my show all the time anyways. Like, oh, that's pretty true, but some of it's stupid. Safety. The safety position has a mix of grades, but with a player like Darnell Savage, who has a high grade, the starting role may be set. I know. I get it. But again, he had a good year this past year, believe it or not. And I didn't provide, you know, 2022 and 2021 data. Depth could be an issue, and investment in a high-quality backup may be necessary. Linebacker. The position seems to have some lower grades and might lack top-end talent based on the data provided. Investment in a high-quality linebacker could be a priority. Defensive interior. Grades are moderate with a mix of draft investments. Depending on the scheme and the role of players, I'll have to give it that information, there could be a need for a standout performer at defensive interior. And then finally, Edge, it says the grades are varied with a couple of high draft investments. The position might uh, not be an immediate need if the players develop as expected. So that time it kind of figured it out, the whole thing with Lucas Van Ness, etc., etc., so then I basically said, well, let's let's simplify this even a little bit further. Give me a grade out of 100 for the need at each position. So here we go. Quarterback, 35 out of 100. Wide receiver, 45 out of 100. Halfback, 25 out of 100. Tight end, 60 out of 100. Center, 70 out of 100. Guard, 80 out of 100. Tackle, 50 out of 100. Cornerback, 65 out of 100. Safety, 55 out of 100. Linebacker, 75 out of 100. Remember, it's looking at the grades, and Quay did not grade out very well. Nobody did at linebacker. Now, the Packers are probably not looking at it that way, but that's what this is based on. Uh, Defensive interior, 65 out of 100, and edge defender, 55 out of 100. So then I added another layer to it. I said, okay, well, we got uh, Halfley and LaFleur running stuff, so what does that do to these numbers? So quarterback dropped down to 30 from, I think, 35 or something. Says LaFleur's system can be quarterback friendly, emphasizing play action in the run game. Given that the first round uh, pick at quarterback, the need is not urgent, but always worth looking into for depth. Wide receiver dropped even more down to 40 from 45. Says LaFleur's system often utilizes wide receivers in various ways, but with a solid group, the urgency isn't high, especially if the NA grades indicate players with potential growth. Running back went from 25 to 20. LaFleur's past offenses suggest a strong running game with the high-graded running backs already in place. The need isn't high. Tight ends went from 60 to 70. Huge jump. 
Tight ends are crucial in LaFleur's offense for both blocking and passing, indicating a higher need if the current group isn't performing. And then offensive line um, center went from 70 to 65. Guard went from 80 to 85. And tackle went from 50 to 45. So guard went up. The other two went down marginally. It says LaFleur's zone blocking scheme requires mobile and intelligent linemen, particularly at the center and guard positions. Tackles are also important, but the presence of a high-grade player like Bakhtiari lowers the urgency. Now, it might be worth at this point just mentioning that, and maybe rather than telling the robot, hey, Bakhtiari's gone, kind of allowing it to make a decision, and maybe we can do that kind of after we get through this first process of really delving into Bakhtiari, letting the AI make a decision on how to handle it, and then kind of rerunning this. If 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 they rest- if we rest- restructure the contract or something, great. We'll we'll talk about what that is. Uh, if we decide to move on, then we'll have it rerun the number. Uh, defense. Jeff Halfley. It says assuming he runs a scheme similar to his previous stops. Cornerback went from sixty five to seventy five. It says Halfley has a background in coaching defensive backs and may prioritize having strong cornerback play. Safety went from fifty five up to sixty says safety play is critical for defensive flexibility and in covering modern offenses. Linebacker from 75 to 70, it says linebackers that can cover and play the run are important in Halfley's defensive schemes. Defensive interior, 65 to 60, it says Halfley's defenses have often made use of strong interior line play to disrupt the middle of the field. And then edge went down, I think quite, a, I don't know, from 50, 55 to 50, it says while it's important, if Halfley's scheme is similar to a typical NFL defense, the current investment may be sufficient unless the grades don't translate to performance. So, all right, there we go. We've got our highest need at guard with an 85 out of 100. After that, you're looking at cornerback. Then you've got uh, tight end and linebacker. Not sure if I mentioned anything about tight end or not. Again, I don't want to just tell it what to do, but maybe just provide a little bit extra context. The other reason I don't want to be too overbearing is that it'd be nice to be able to do a similar process that's sort of a... Uh, an an elaborate cut and paste for all 32 teams to kind of have a baseline of understanding of things and whatnot. And if if I don't know the context, I can't add the context, whatever. (laughs) I love this. This is, it's almost like a game. It's like Green Bay Packers fantasy role play. All right. So we had to have a tough conversation about David Bakhtiari. So let's, let's get into it. Um, I talked to our GM, AI GM, GM, chap, GPT, whatever his name is. I should ask him what his name is. I said, so what's your name? And I'm thinking like some cool Elon Musky kind of name. He said, how about Mason Wolf? All right, freaking, okay, cool, Mason. So anyways, Mason, <laughs> dork. I, I, I do appreciate the nod with the wolf thing, though, so that's, that's actually pretty dope, but still. Anyways, we had a conversation about David Bakhtiari. I, I gave him the full breakdown. I said, look, we can't do this. We can't be, uh, we can't be paying Bach what we're paying him. So what are we going to do? And they said, all right, here's the deal. We got to, and, and, and to be fair to the, to the AI here, this is kind of what everybody's been talking about. We have to go to them and say, we need you to take a pay cut. So I'm not going to go through every single thing, but uh, it, it's, it's very laid out. It's a very incentive-based contract. In other words, we're going to cut your contract. However, you can earn back most of the money you were going to make anyways if you're able to stay healthy. So it's a, the new base salary is $5 bucks. It used to be twenty. so that's a big cut. However, $250,000 for every game he's active, up to $4.25 million. So that gets you halfway home anyways, as far as the $20 million you were going to earn. Then we got performance in, uh, incentives, five hundred dollars if you make the Pro Bowl, $750,000 if you're an All-Pro. 
uh, and then playtime incentives on top of that. If you play 25% of the offensive snaps, so these are like bonuses, 250 grand, 50% is 500 grand, 75 is 750. And then if you play 90 plus, you get a million dollars. So we're at like 11.5, 11.85 to, uh, to be specific. So it's, it's a pretty big reduction. Um, and so we had to decide, is David Bakhtiari going to do this? And so I went to social media, laid out all the details. Follow me, pack underscore daddy. I do stupid stuff like this sometimes. Um, and I, I said, here's all the details. Is Bakhtiari going to accept this or not? Um, I, as of right now, 60% to 40%, 61 to 39, say no, he's not accepting this. So that means we're going to have to cut David Bakhtiari. So me and the GM had a long discussion about what that means. Um, did briefly talk about trading, but obviously that's not an option. And so the question becomes, should we do a pre-June 1st or a post-June 1st cut? The difference being, if you do pre-June 1st, you pretty much take the whole hit right now and you're just done with it. If you do post-June 1st, we're going to spread this out a little bit. Uh, GM, AI, Charlie Wolf, whatever his stupid name is, opted for the post-June 1st cut. So that's going to allow us to spread the dead money over two years. So previous cap hit for David Bakhtiari was $40 million. Total savings now after cutting him post-June 1 for 2024 is $11.9 million. So about $12 million. bucks. In 2025, though, there's also going to be a $9.5 million dead cap hit for David Bakhtiari. The next step in the process, because remember, we, we kind of got ahead of ourselves a little bit. I was getting a little anxious, but we do have to start from the back end. We got to figure out what our team is. Then we assess kind of what we have. Then we move forward with free agency, and then we can move into the draft. So we got to look at our own free agents. GM uh, Mason Rudolph here. We'll start with Yash Nyman. We are going to re-sign Yash Nyman. The rationale with Bakhtiari cut, Nyman snaps, and his position at left tackle make him a priority, especially at a reasonable APY, considering the importance of the position. We're just talking APY, just how much per year. Keyshawn Nixon, we are also going to attempt to resign. High snap count suggests he's a significant part of the defense, a reasonable APY for a starting cornerback. Darnell Savage, attempt to resign. As a young and frequently used safety, he is a key part of the secondary. The void year could be problematic, but at his age and snap count suggests he has a strong role in the defense. Rudy Ford, we're going to let test free agency. At 30 years old and given the cap situation, it might be beneficial to look for younger, less expensive depth at safety or develop talent for the draft. That actually makes me sad, but it does make sense. Also, how is he 30 years old? A.J. Dillon, we're going to attempt to re-sign. He has a substantial role on the offense. Running backs can be found in the draft, but Dylan's proven productivity at a reasonable APY is valuable. Eric Wilson, the linebacker, we're going to let test free agency. That one certainly makes me sad. It might make a difference if I tell that about special teams, but we're just going to leave it alone. Josiah DeGuara, consider re-signing at a lower cost. We're going to offer him a team-friendly deal or replace him through the draft with a cheaper free agent. Now, my personal thought is he's just gone, but obviously the the AI is looking at this like tight ends are a premium. So if he's willing to come back on like a dirt cheap contract, cool. Otherwise, no. Fair enough. Corey Ballantyne, we're going to let test free agency. Says with a significant snap count, but no guarantees, the team could look for younger, cheaper alternatives or draft replacement. Tyler Davis, the tight end, we're going to let test free agency. Christian Welch, let's let test free agency. Jonathan Owens, we're going to consider re-signing for depth says high snap count indicates he has a role, but evaluate against the cap space and other available safety. 
Patrick Taylor, consider tendering as an RFA. Same with Robert Rochelle. It's a uh, restricted free agent. Just means the team can do whatever they want. That's also the same ERFA, but the same thing for Caleb Jones, Emmanuel Wilson, and Daniel Whelan. They're not going anywhere. But uh, John Runyon is the final one. It does say attempt to re-sign, mostly because of the fact that he's played a lot and the other changes that we've had at offensive line. All right, so next steps, we've got free agency coming up, so we got to ask the GM. I'm going to give him a a budget. I'm going to give him the entire list of free agents, and we're going to see who we end up signing. Once we have that, we've got a roster set. We've re-signed our guys. We'll go into free agency and see if there's any interest. And then we got to gear up for the draft. So why don't we take a break? We'll come back and we'll take a look at our brand new free agents. Thanks to uh, Jerry Wolf or whatever. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so we did a little finagling, and the GM has uh, offered and have had accepted Three contracts to free agents. First up, Connor Williams. Connor Williams was a uh, Dallas Cowboy for four years. He spent the last two years as a Miami Dolphin. Has slowly gotten better over the years. Only 27 years old. He is the opposite of what you would expect from the Green Bay Packers. But again, our GM here loves the guy. Pass blocking grades the last three years, because that's when he's kind of peaked a little bit. 74, 69, 72. So decent. Run blocking, though. 77, 86, and 91 this last year. So he is a adequate pass blocker. I mean, better than the guys that we have. And a freaking absolute monstrous road grader. He spent the last two years playing center. Prior to that, he was primarily a left guard. Obviously, in Green Bay, he's going to play either center or right guard. He's got that flexibility, which is going to be great. It I, I would almost lean center just because I would rather not put him in a brand new position, not that he couldn't handle it, but you figure you want to put him either at left guard or center, and I don't feel like messing things up too much. So we're going to lean center. We'll see how the draft goes. Uh, he may end up playing right guard for us with Runyon as a very cheap backup for now because, you know, we offered him a dirt cheap garbage contract for whatever reason. The next Oh, by the way, that was a uh, two-year, $8 million contract, signing bonus, $1.5 million. 
His 2024 base salary is going to be three, uh, $3 million. So the total 2024 cap hit is $3.75 million. The next up, cornerback Michael Davis. Why? I don't freaking know. He is 29 years old. He has played his entire career for the Chargers. Um, he's had two good years, just kind of randomly. He's pretty average, kind of high 50s, low 60s every year. But 2018 was a 72, 2022 was a 74, so there's kind of something there kind of floating around, I don't know. But we're going to offer him $5 million over two years. Signing bonus is a million. Base salary, $2 million. So 2024 cap it is $2.5 million. And then finally, linebacker Josie Jewell. I really like Josie Jewell. I've kind of liked him since college. Uh, Iowa Hawkeye, Denver Bronco for the last six years. He had one really good year in 2021, but he's just kind of been solid. Just kind of high 60s, low 70s every year. Solid tackler, pretty good run defense. Coverage is, you know, whatever. But we got him. We got the new 4-3 defense. We got to look at investing in some linebackers here. We're going to offer him a contract to $7 million over two years. Signing bonus is $1.5 million. Base salary, $2.5 million. So $3.25 million is our cap hit in 2024. That's a total cap hit for those three players of $9.5 million. I figure, I have no idea, but in my head, we have about $20 million just floating around by the time we restructure. I'm not going through restructures with it or whatever. I'll just let Gutekunst figure that out. I just told it, look, we got about $20 million bucks. Let's just say we need to save 10 Go spend a little under 10 And so here we sit at nine point five. But the time has officially come. It is NFL draft time. And with the 25th pick... In the first round of the 2024 NFL Draft. This is the first time I've actually said that out loud. It feels kind of good. The Green Bay Packers select Jordan Morgan, offensive tackle, Arizona. So despite the GM thinking tackle might not be the most important thing in the world, the rationale here says protecting the quarterback is paramount and Morgan's stock has been on the rise. His ability to play either tackle position makes him an attractive option for the Packers. I think a lot of that filler stuff is going to be kind of made up because I didn't tell it any of that and it doesn't know on its own. But it still sounds good, you know what I mean? But uh, Jordan Morgan, six foot six, three hundred and twenty pounds. He is twenty two and a half years old, so he'll be twenty three this year. Uh, really blew up the last two years, so he kind of year three was his first year kind of starting. He's been a left tackle his entire career since day one. It's all he's ever done. Um, first three years, not great. And then year four, 83.1 grade, 79 run blocking, 82 pass blocking. And then 2023, 83.5 overall, 77 run blocking and 87 pass blocking. So he is a really solid pass blocker with some really solid run blocking ability. It's a name that I haven't actually heard a ton about, at least as far as, you know, general, I guess I'll say casual observers about the draft and whatnot. Jordan Morgan's name hasn't come up a ton, but it really does make a good amount of sense. I mean, he's a big boy, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's a terrible pick. With the 41st pick in the second round of the 2024 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Cameron Kinchins, safety, Miami. It says, with a pressing need in the secondary, Kinchins' versatility and ball-hawking skills could immediately bolster the Packers defensive backfield. I like it, Robot. Well done. But uh, Kinchins, I mean, he makes a lot of sense because if you think about what happened last year, the Packers got a bunch of guys. You look at their grades and you're like, this guy's a bum. I don't get it. 
Then you look at the year prior, and it was like, oh, something's there. So this is one of those don't watch 2023, watch 2022 kind of situations. So in 2021, he had a 69 grade. 2022, 90. 2023, 68. I don't exactly know what happened. I will say, though, the whole ball hawking thing, the robot kind of nailed it. So year one, zero picks. Year two, six. Year three, five. So he had 11 picks in his last two years, along with six additional pass breakups. With the 58th pick in the second round of the 2024 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Jonathan Brooks, running back, Texas. I swear I didn't tell it it had to do that. It did it all on its own, okay? Cross my heart, hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. Robot goes on to say, given the value of having a strong running game and the potential need for depth in the backfield, Brooks provides an excellent complement to the current roster. So uh, Johnny Boy is just my freaking dude. He's been solid since day one. As a uh, rookie and sophomore, he didn't play a ton, but still had an 85 and 75 PFF grades. 2023, they turned the game over to him. Obviously, he had some very good running backs in front of him. What does he do? He has 1,135 yards, 6.1 yards per attempt, 10 touchdowns, one fumble, 3.91 yards after contact, 63 missed tackles forced. 63 in just 11 games. His longest rush went for 67 yards. He had 24 carries over 10 yards, 16 carries over 15 yards, elusiveness grade of 140.3. He had a 91.4 PFF grade, 92 rushing grade, 84 fumbling grade. The guy is something else. Six foot, 207, not even 21 years old. Ha, 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 ha. I just, I am a Jonathan Brooks fan. That's all I can say. He makes me feel the feelings. He gives me the tingles. You know how it is, man. It just is what it is. I can't help it. I'm just being honest with you. Can we be honest with each other? Or we, can we not do that? Are we not friends? Fine. Let's just continue then. With the 58th pick in the second round. I'm sorry, we did that. With, I was so confused. Like, we don't have three second-round picks. With the 88th pick in the third round of the 2024 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Junior Colson, linebacker, Michigan. Addressing the linebacker position with Colson, who has shown great instincts and tackling ability, could strengthen the middle of his defense. Let's see how accurate that is. So is he a good tackler? You bet he is. 90.2 tackling grade. Robot freaking knows everything, man. I like this guy. So three years at Michigan, 21 years old, 6'3", 247. Year one, he had a 48 PFF grade. Year two, 75. Year three, 82. 82 overall, 80 run defense grade, 90 tackling grade, and to boot, 83.4 coverage grade. I like it. I haven't looked into Junior Colson at all. Uh, I know uh, Peyton What's-His-Nuts has been on the minds of a lot of other people, but I'm just going to say I appreciate the robot's pick. I like it. With the 91st pick in the third round from the Buffalo Bills in the 2024 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Christian Mahogany, interior offensive line, Boston College. So we got the old BC connection. I'll tell you what, man, it's another pretty good pick. He is 23 years old, but 6'3", 322 pounds, 
75 PFF grade, has an 82 pass blocking, 75 run blocking. The year before, he was 83 overall, 84 pass blocking, 82 run blocking. Really, really solid pass blocker. Looks to be a pretty decent uh, decent run blocker as well. And he's a right guard. He did play some left guard a couple years ago, but the last two years he's primarily been right guard and took a couple snaps when needed at right tackle. So he's got that versatility to play, you know, four, eh, let's, let's say two positions, but, you know, maybe in a real big pinch, like a real big one. With the 126th pick in the fourth round, guaranteed stud of the 2024 NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers select Javion Cohen, interior offensive line, Miami. So that's three offensive linemen. So I don't know if I could be much happier about this. We got a tackle and two interior guys going back to back, third round, fourth round. Fingers crossed that the Tucker Craft curse broke, you know, all the way through, not just for himself. Let's not be selfish here. Oh, by the way, for the mahogany guy, uh, the robot says, to bolster the interior offensive line, Mahogany offers a powerful presence and can provide immediate competition and depth, which seemed pretty fair. For Javion Cohen, it says, continuing to invest in the offensive line, Cohen adds depth and competition, potentially securing the interior for years. I dig that. Cohen a little bit smaller, six foot four, 305 pounds, definitely more of a Packers guy. So he was at three, uh, three years at Alabama, started two of those years and then went to Miami this year. His final year at Alabama was his best year. He's a left guard, by the way. His final year at Alabama, though, 73 grade, 69 run blocking, 81 pass blocking. His run blocking is pretty suspect. Um, pretty much all four years, with the exception of 2022, where it was close to a 70. Um, as pass blocking, he did have one bad year in 2021, but otherwise it was 71, 81, and 76. So again, a... Uh, Pure pass blocker that struggles at run blocking, he'll fit in just fine. With the 167th pick in the fifth round of the 2024 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Isaiah Davis, running back, South Dakota State. Adding depth to the running back room with a player from a lower division who has upside and could provide special teams value as well. Tell you what, if that's right, it's going to be freaky. So, first of all, he has done a little bit of special teams, uh, three punt returns in 2021, couple kick returns, 2022, 2023. Not much, though. Might be a little swing and a miss on that. Six foot one, 220. That is uh, Brian Gutekunst's money size, height, weight. But man, you, you, this guy, uh, I've rarely seen grades this good. I, I know it's South Dakota State, but this is stupid. Four years at South Dakota State. His grades, 94. 87, 89, 95. His rushing grades, <laughs> 95, 90, 92. And this year, 97. He had a 95 PFF grade, 97 rushing grade. Guy ran for 1,578 yards, 6.7 yards per attempt, 18 touchdowns, one fumble. He had almost four yards per attempt after contact, 3.97. 80. 80 missed tackles forced. 66 yards was his longest run. He had 54 carries over 10 yards. 25 over 15. Doesn't grade out super well as a receiver, but had uh, 23 receptions for 199 yards and a touchdown. So there's that. With the uh, 203rd pick in the sixth round of the 2024 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select 
Grayson Murphy, edge rusher, UCLA. Depth on the edge is crucial, and Murphy offers developmental upside as a rotational pass rusher. He is six foot three, two hundred and sixty pounds. Spent two years at North Texas, two years at UCLA. Uh, his last two years, seventy-one and then seventy-seven PFF grades. His pass rush grades, though, have been through the roof all four years: seventy-seven point six, ninety-one, eighty-two, and eighty-five. This past year, he had fifty-two pressures and eight sacks on three hundred and fifteen attempts. Run defense grade this year was a 75. Tackling is a 67. Tackling might be a bit of an issue for him. Again, it was, 67 is not terrible, but the three years prior was 37, 48, and 43. The, th- the only thing I don't like about him is that he really does feel like a Green Bay Packers edge rusher. Like, really good at pressures. The sacks, though, not quite there. Also, tackling, kind of an issue. I don't know why that seems like our MO, but it seems like a good pick. Good in terms of, like, accurate. With the 215th pick in the sixth round of the 2024 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers are not messing around and draft Trevor Keegan, interior offensive line out of Michigan. So that makes, I think, four interior offensive linemen. The reasoning is, further reinforcing the offensive line depth, Keegan could develop into a reliable backup or starter. Seems fair. Keegan, again, kind of looking like a Green Bay Packers guy. 6'6", 320. 64 run blocking grade, but 81 pass blocking. Also, his prior three years at Michigan were pretty rough. The pass blocking was not good. But this year, he really figured it out. Very consistent, very dominant. Did have a terrible game against Penn State, but also looks like he got better as the season went on. So somebody that's kind of figuring things out. Uh, I do not know his age. If he's younger, that's obviously even better. But um, he's played almost his entire career at left guard, so we got another guard coming in. At pick 242, I don't want to announce it. I almost told him to switch it, but whatever. Let's just get through it. With the 242nd pick in the seventh round, the Green Bay Packers select Matthew Hayball, punter, Vanderbilt. Let's just pretend he's a kicker and move on. With the final pick, the 250th pick in the seventh round of the 224 Packer draft. (sighs) Brain is fried. The Green Bay Packers select M.J. Devonshire, cornerback, Pittsburgh. Adding depth to the cornerback room, Devonshire provides value as a potential special teams contributor and depth player. But uh, Devonshire, 5'11", 190 pounds, a little bit on the smaller side, nothing too crazy, though. He is getting a little bit up in age. He's spent five years in college, two years at Kentucky, three years at Pitt. His last year was his worst year. Don't exactly know what was up with that, but 2022 He had a 77 grade, 76 run defense, 87 tackling, and a 76 coverage grade. So, in review, we picked a tackle in the first round, Jordan Morgan, Cam Kinchin, safety, and uh, Jonathan Brooks, running back, Junior Colson, linebacker, Christian Mahogany, guard, uh, Javion Cohen, guard, Isaiah Davis, running back, Grayson Murphy, edge rusher, Trevor Keegan, uh, guard, Matthew Hayball, special teams, MJ Devonshire, cornerback. So there you go. There's your AI offseason. We uh, cut David Bakhtiari, added some free agents, drafted some people. It's funny because you do this because it's a lot easier. Just copy and paste and then the robot does it. But in reality, this took me a lot longer than if I had just done it by myself. <laughs> it's fun, though. I like it. Anyways, uh, tell you what, why don't we take a break? We'll come back and we'll do some calls. We got some sitting here lingering, ready to rock and roll. We'll take a break. 
We'll be right back. Hey, back. Uh, I have a kind of an off the wall idea. So we all obviously saw Jordan Love doing a lot of uh, interviews wearing that red Old Spice hoodie. So we know he's now one of their uh, sponsored guys. Didn't so notice, but all right. I think the coolest and funniest commercial that they could lead off next season would be this. And maybe, maybe you play your cards right and you kind of push us on Old Spice as an idea. Maybe they'll make you, maybe they'll sponsor your podcast. Love it. So here it goes. Let's go. I'll be quick. You start the season, yep. and Jordan Love walks into the stadiums of whoever they're going to be playing, yep. and they're the stadiums of the teams who stink the worst. Ah. And when we say stink, obviously we think of the Bears. So he walks in, and people are holding their hands up and yelling at him. <laughs> it would be – I'm not – I love the idea. I love where we're going, but you just got me thinking. It would be an awesome troll, and maybe I would pitch this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my little divergent path. You go to Old Spice or whatever. You ask them to donate like a hundred, like sticks. I don't know if they got maybe some mini sticks or something. And you go to like Chicago, go to the entrance to the game, and then you hand out sticks of Old Spice because you guys stink. <laughs> Oh, all right, go ahead. I'm saying, George Love, you stink. Yeah. And he lifts up his arms like, no, I think I'm doing pretty good. And he pulls out the old spice spray and sprays it. And that jerk of a fan bears turns into this, you know, like when you spray him, it changes him into instantly this really nice person who Packer fan. maybe offers him a Chicago dog or something out of stands. And he does that with every... Dude, you... Okay, check this out. You got the old spice spray, right? Or... Whatever. Is it Old Spice? Yeah, Old Spice. So you got the spray, and it's like you're arguing. You do one of those like cheesy commercials like, are you arguing with a Bears fan again? Those guys stink. Never put up with that again. Use Old Spice spray. Then you spray the Bears fan, and then they turn into a Packers fan, and then they just like high five. Thanks, Old Spice. I don't stink anymore. <laughs> Oh, we got to talk to Old Spice, man. I don't know if they'd be okay with that, but uh, is there a deodorant company or like a cosmetic company or something like that just based in Wisconsin? Let's find out. According to the robot, we got American Provenance and Heaven Sent Gardens. American Provenance is Mount Horeb. Heaven Sent Gardens is in Sturgeon Bay. Something to think about. All right, sorry. Please continue. You know, visitor stadium that he goes to. And every time he sprays this into the stands, these nasty, smelly people, you know, it, it changes them. And then maybe show him in a scrum where he gets tackled and one of the guys is on top of him and he smells pure love. And he goes from like trying to gouge his eyes out to brushing the grass off and picking them up. And you can see where I'm going with this. Yeah, I get it. So I think you need to send that idea to Some Old potential. Spice yeah. as an idea, get them to sponsor you. And then leading into next year's draft, you have a tent under Old Spice as them being your sponsor. So just just an idea, Pack Daddy. Just an idea. Go Pack I mean, Go. Just think of the potential with, you know, I mean, think about how many times I use the word trash when I talk about, for example, people or players or whatever. You just change the vocabulary to stink. 
like stink of the week, you know? There's just there's there's all kinds of potential there. We could do whole YouTube videos about the stinkiest people that are in the most dire need of some American provenance. Deodorants, lip balms, beard balms, hair pomades, and aftershave. All natural ingredients. All right, that's enough of your commercial American provenance. We got something here. We'll do some commercials. We'll do we'll we'll work together. We'll we'll figure this out. Appreciate the call, Garrett. Hey Ryan, what's up? What's up? It's Pedro the writing from Brazil. So, I was thinking about the draft, and everybody's talking about corner in the first round. You know, like the corners or even the defensive tackle. Jordan Morgan. And I really don't think we're going that way. First of all, I do believe that the top corners are going to fly off the board. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's a lot of them, though. The Packers pick. And if you think so, when Stokes is healthy, we have Stokes, we have Jair, we have Valentine. Right. We're better than most on the front side. And thinking about the defensive side, what we really needed. Sorry, I'm trying to open something so I can look at something and it's causing all kinds of problems. Let's try that again, Pedro. Any, you look at Kyle Burks. We, we have some guys here. So, moving to 4-3, maybe we won't go with the tennis tackle that early. But I am looking with really closely to tackle, safeties, and linebackers because we don't have that weak sign linebacker that can play with Campbell and and Cooper Walker. So, yeah, just give it a heads up. Don't be surprised if we're going linebacker in the first round. Or safety, even though everybody thinks that the safety will be there in the second. So yeah, that's it. See you soon. Bye bye. Yeah, the biggest issue I have with linebacker is, I mean, obviously there's all the obvious issues with taking a linebacker. There just aren't a lot of options. I mean, the the earliest linebacker I see is Edrin Cooper out of Texas A&M. There were the two Clemson guys that were like early first round. I don't know where they just fell off a cliff here. Maybe one of them went back to school because I'm seeing Jeremiah Trotter. I think he was one of them. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe there were three of them and the other two went back. It almost feels like that is what happened. Anyways, Edger and Cooper, um, borderline third-round grade, kind of late second. So I don't know if that's if there's anybody worth that kind of a value. And then obviously we go back to safety. You're talking Cam Kinchins. You're talking Tyler Newbin. You're talking Javon Bullard, Kalen Bullock, uh, the usual suspects. I need to go back and I haven't watched Jerzon Newton in a long time. I need to go back and watch him and get excited again because I know I really liked him. I don't think I put a ton of effort into watching him. It was just kind of a casual thing real early in the process. And I really liked the guy and then I just kind of stuck with that. And then he was going to be gone long before. We'd never have a crack at him. And now he's starting to fall and it's like, well, maybe the Packers take Jerzon Newton. And uh, I need to get excited about him again. Oh, one more thing. So I talked about linebackers, safeties, right, and tackles. But I do think that we can also draft a defensive end. Okay. Because I know we just drafted the mess and just signed Marshawn his big contract. But I don't think Preston is going to stay here for that much longer. And right. the truth is, even though we know that Rashawn and Vanessa can play defensive end. 
that's we never saw them playing at that position in the NFL level. So I, I think that I, I really can see good drafting in different agenda is that's one of the best things available. Sure. I just okay, let's get some back you know, the the aggressors here. It's still like that, so you can definitely see that too. So I'll talk all that because I don't know players would you be comfortable drafting at twenty five especially talking about these linebackers, defensive ends, and offensive tackles. So right now, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, so Edge, we've got a lot more options. Um, presumably at this point, Dallas Turner, Jared Verse, and uh, Leitu Latu are gone. But that still leaves us with Chop Robinson, Braylon Trice, Darius Robinson, and probably Chris Braswell as potential options at this point, kind of where things are falling. Chop Robinson's a stud. I remember I did a thing a little while ago where I, I got all the PFF grades for all the players on this list, and I just wanted to know like who all the highest-graded kind of guys were. I did actually like a Packers mock draft based on really high PFF grades, and Chop Robinson was automatic. He's an absolute stud as far as PFF grades and stuff go. Um, the fact that he is six foot three, two fifty, though, makes me a little bit nervous. It's a little undersized for what I would expect, but 21 years old, 91 PFF grade. Uh, he had that last year as well. 92 P- uh, pass rush grades the last two years. He had uh, 26 pressures and three sacks on 148 attempts. He had 48 pressures on 267 attempts and five sacks in 2022. Braylon Trice, a little bit closer to the body type. You're looking for 6'4", 274. Also grades out really well. Uh, 88 PFF grades the last two years. 91 pass rush grades the last two years. He had 80 pressures on 534 attempts and eight sacks. The year prior, 70 pressures on 335 attempts and nine sacks. So of the two so far, I'm kind of a Braylon Trice guy without having watched a lot of the edge guys yet. Uh, Darius Robinson out of Missouri has been in the league a little bit longer in the, in college football, five years there, all at Missouri last two years are when he kind of jumped out kind of similar to the other two guys. Last two years have been pretty solid. He went from a 78 to an 83 and then a 75 to an 78 pass rush. He had 42 pressures on 290 attempts and nine sacks. That's pretty solid. I also like his consistency. He didn't have, he only had one game in the eighties and it was an 80 but every game basically was a 70. So very consistently good. And he is a down defensive end. He's six foot five, 296. So he's on the high end. He's a borderline interior guy. He kind of reminds me of uh, Wooden, I think, or the other guy. I, so interchangeable in my brain. And then uh, Chris Braswell, 6'3", 255. Again, pretty small. But he did have an 81 grade, uh, 88 pass rush, 56 pressures, and 13 sacks on 309 attempts. So, I mean, of that group, I'm kind of digging on Braylon Trice a little bit. So if I had to go edge, I'd probably go Braylon Trice. Safety, I'm not sure. It's just, it's so tough because, I mean, there's a guy that I like, but it's also a question of, you know, fitting the defense and and whatnot. So got to kind of work through that stuff. But anyways, I'm going to leave you guys with that. I got to get going. You guys have a good rest of your day. Remember to check out the uh, Mock Draft Facebook group, the Packernet Facebook group. We're going to be doing some fun stuff in there. I'm going to be doing some giveaways. 
Again, there's going to be, I've decided to do two giveaways. I don't know if anybody's going to pay attention. I'm going to end up, nobody's even going to do it, but we're doing a hundred dollar giveaway in the mock draft group who has the best mock draft. It's going to be judged based on the quality of the video that was done and the, the response to it. But I'm also going to do a separate Green Bay Packers one. So it's going to be in the mock draft group, and I'm also going to hit it up in the actual Packers group. So I'm going to try to find out who the best mock draft creator was for the Green Bay Packers, and we'll figure that out when the time comes. But I thought that would be kind of fun. Never really done a lot of uh, giveaways, especially just flat-out cash. But I figure that's a... You want to buy some Packer stuff with it, go for it. But I got to get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your day. Oh, uh, Packernet. Uh, YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed. Hit the little bell notification so you don't miss anything. Have a good night. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.